0: expectations that were put on me with the amount of you know or really the lack of support the lack of pay the lack of healthy boundaries was not worth compromising my mental health was not worth compromising you know the boundaries that I needed to put in place to be a sustainable member of society and people don't look at that with you know male-dominated professions you don't hear of men massively leaving you know professions because they're not being treated adequately and that's literally why we're going through this national crisis of nursing and teaching is because we're not treating women how they should be treated we're treating women like they're disposable like it's like Mm. what can you offer me and not how can we you know create a healthy environment which is so sad
1: Welcome to the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. Join me, your host, Samantha Nagel, a certified integrative nutrition health coach, poet, witch, and work in progress for grounding meditations, inspiring interviews, and reflections about spirituality, holistic health, and the world around us. Join in every Thursday as we explore what empowered spirituality means to us in today's world. Hi, welcome to Empowered Spirituality. I'm really excited to bring you this episode. It's actually a part one and part two, which I've never done before. Um, And it's with someone that you may remember from season one. Um, I wanted to do a more casual episode. I really like listening to kind of like co-hosted podcasts with people And podcasts that are a bit more casual in nature. Um, Still talking about really good topics, but also being more laid back in the process. So I'm really, really excited that I was able to do that with my friend Cheyenne. Um, You should definitely go check out our season one episode. Uh, But I think you'll really like this kind of like... We range from serious to very silly. Um... So Cheyenne, her pronouns are she, her, is a lover of sarcastic comments, books that keep you up at night, and Taylor Swift. She works with various companies as a social media manager, administrative assistant, and bookkeeper. Her passions include writing, she's a writing queen, advocating for children, she's an advocating queen, and Harold's, Harold, Harry Styles Concert. Um, and I, I love that bio so much. And she does do social media management, um, and she's open to taking clients. So you should definitely look at the link in the, uh, show notes to see some of her previous work and perhaps work with her. Um, yeah. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I know I really did.
2: I'm Lisa Lundsman. I am a somatic inner child healing facilitator and a somatic practitioner. I want to tell you about my inner child healing sessions for women who are looking to heal inner wounds and build a deeper connection with their body and their emotions. Women who long to feel safe in their body and want to learn how to build a supportive and trusting relationship with all parts of themselves so that they can show up in the world with genuine rooted confidence as their authentic self. In these sessions, I gently guide you to connect with younger inner parts of yourself and teach you how to navigate your body's memories that are connected to those parts of your psyche. We explore the challenges and intentions that you bring, and I help you understand what your inner children are trying to communicate to you through feelings, sensations, and patterns. Connecting deeper with yourself in this way will bring you clarity and insights and gently support you in healing old inner wounds so you can live your life feeling safe and free from the past. On my website, liselearnsment.com, you can find free resources about somatic inner child healing and how I can support you in your healing journey. You can also book a free connection call with me to hear more about how the healing works. You get $200 off of any of my session packages if you use the code self-support when you book the sessions. I am sending lots of love to you in your healing journey.
1: hello Cheyenne
0: <laughs> hi how are you
1: I'm good as if we haven't been talking <laughs> for
0: like 15 minutes
1: so. <laughs> I know whenever I record with people I don't know I'm always like hi how are you <laughs> this has been like a while to
0: today. yeah
1: yeah never talked to you before <laughs> but okay so you were on season one I was. You, were, you were like the third guest maybe
0: Wow, I'm so honored. I'm honored that you asked me back. Thank you for that.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for gracing us again. You're one of the, now you're one of the regulars.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm a series regular. (sighs) Yes, I feel like like I'm in your friends era where I'm just like, you know how there's people who like are on TikTok or like what season and what episode am I on? Like I'm a series regular, I feel so honored.
1: Or wait, no, I think I'm the only series regular
0: <laughs> and you're I've the, you're the main
1: character. Yeah, I'm, the main
0: character of this. I'm a reoccurring character.
1: Yes. Like, I've yeah. been listening to office ladies, the podcast. And so I now I know things about TV now.
0: <laughs> you lived in the stone ages. You're like, I didn't know anything about TV beforehand. Yeah.
1: Like, Have you ever heard of TV? Do you feel like you ever make your life feel like a movie or TV show?
0: absolutely I think whenever I want to be chaotic I use the term do it for the plot and yeah I've you say that I mean I don't suggest it because sometimes you do things <laughs> and you're like yeah maybe that wasn't a good idea but <laughs> yeah. it kind of makes me fun at the same time you're like oh well I'm gonna spice up my life because the most exciting thing I do is you know go to concerts so
1: <laughs> ooh, okay this is I got there because of what you said, but I'm not going to say who it was, but I'll tell you later. Um, But I went to an event and there was a politician's family member at the event and it was quiet for a couple seconds. And then he just goes, so do you guys think you're going to vote for her? (laughs) And we like weren't talking about her. Um, But in my head, I was like, I really don't like this, but I like, I really like this story. So I feel like sometimes I enjoy things for the plot.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I was like, it's definitely giving the episode of New Girl, where like Schmidt was pretending to be um, what was it, a Romney? Yeah. I just watched that one. Oh, did you? I love New yeah. Girl. I'm always watching that. I I didn't no. know you watched TV. It's so nice that you are, you know, getting back into TV. Me? Yeah, because we made the joke about the office. <laughs> oh,
1: I was like, I love TV. Oh, one of my pet peeves actually is when spiritual people are like, "It's fine to not have a TV, but when they like bring it up to be better than you." Like, actually, um, I don't have any TVs at my house. I just like to like read. I'm like, Oh God, like, get a TV. <laughs> like, you're giving, not better than me. Yeah,
0: it's like, what are you? Do you want like, yeah. like a hand clap for that? Like. I know it's always
1: I know it's like nonfiction books and they just do puzzles. I'm like, okay, well, I like to watch TV. Don't make me feel bad.
0: (laughs) Why do people always want to like make people feel bad about the things that bring them joy? Especially in the world that we live in right now. Like, please let me get my serotonin from a Taylor Swift album. Like, leave me alone.
1: (laughs) I know people really hate on Taylor Swift fans.
0: I don't know why. Maybe it's because like We're superior. It's very similar to <laughs> Because we're superior. <laughs> <laughs> it's very similar to like people give me a lot of trouble for being a fan of Alabama football. And I'm actually originally from Alabama, so like I'm I have all the entitlement of being a fan not just because <laughs> we're good, but because they're so good people hate us. They're like well, you guys are just too oh. good. It's like you're professional NFL team, but you're not your college. And I'm like, I don't know what you want me to say to that. Like I'm sorry that your team sucks. Yeah. So it's like I'm so <laughs> sorry that Taylor Swift is like single handedly the greatest songwriter of our generation. Like are you mad? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I just stan people that are really great at their jobs.
1: <laughs> I know. I think it's the patriarchy. Cause no you're one's
0: so
1: no one judges well I guess like if a girl likes a boy band, that's judge but that's still like We like to judge women and their interests, but we don't really judge men and their interests that much.
0: You're so right. Like nobody looks at men. Oh yes. Drop the (laughs) the mic. Absolutely. You're so right. I mean, men, people don't look at men and they're like, wow, like, you know, you're being so ridiculous about your football team. They're just like, oh, you're so passionate. But like when a woman likes something, especially something that is quote unquote, like male dominated, like, like football, like instantly people are like, so who was the head coach in 1964 when they were in the finals with Texas Longhorns? And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, they, like they quiz you and they make you almost feel like you sh- shouldn't be in this space. And yeah. it's really sad. The year that we're in, it's like, you're going to come for me for something that's really not even something that affects you first-handedly? Like, it's really weird.
1: Yeah. Like you're really going to quiz me right now?
0: Yeah, just everything. And it's like, you can never be good enough. Like, if you're a fan, you're not a big enough fan. And if you are a big enough fan, then you're crazy and you're obsessive. And, you know, when you're a man, you're passionate and dedicated. It's quite interesting.
1: Yeah. It's just expected too. Like, oh, like men like football and they like these things.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's like, they can't like, you know, they can't like other things. They can't like, you know, baking and, you know, things that tend to be more, you know, female dominated, you know, even with teaching and nursing, things like that, they're female dominated professions. And there's a reason why these female dominated professions are in a lot of trouble right now. They're female dominated. (laughs) Ooh.
1: Do you think that like, Ooh, can you explain what you mean?
0: That's so interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, with nursing and with teaching both, like we're both going through a huge problem right now where there's a shortage Mm. of, you know, caretakers, shortage of nurses and shortage of teachers. And it's no coincidence that that is a female dominated profession. And it's because at the end of the day, we don't take female dominated professions as seriously as we do other professions. You know, we never hear of a man having a job that is being underpaid and overworked. We never hear of, you know, just Things like that happening to men. And I remember a career coach um, that helped me transition into some different career opportunities was telling me that most men apply for jobs when they're only about 60% qualified, and women will be about like 95 you know, upper 90s, like um, percent 90% qualified. And we won't apply for the job because we think, oh, well, we're not 100% qualified, so we don't have a standing. But really, mm-hmm. men go into these job interviews barely having over 50% of the qualifications and they think that they have a you know a chance which you know maybe they do and like you know whatever that's fine but it's interesting just the dynamics that we place as a society we really let integrate into our daily decisions of just like am I good enough for this and we often as women think no we're not because that's what we've been taught is that if we're not perfect if we're not hundred percent qualified and then some you know, then maybe we can walk into a room and maybe we can listen in on the meeting. But otherwise, we're not just going to take charge for that because of the societal, you know, messages that have been ingrained in our brains. And that's really sad. And I think that with teaching and with nursing and all of these different professions, since they're female dominated, we, you know, don't put a priority on paying them well. Don't put a priority on, you know, healthy boundaries in the workplace, things like yeah. that. It's like, what can you do for us versus how can we make this an actual sustainable career and that's not what we're focused on right now and so we're really as a country we're really in trouble with the medical field and with the education field.
1: Yeah I know people are burning out so much but I never thought about the link between the way that we value women and expect women to care give and do so much emotional labor um, and do it like out of the kindness of their heart because they should want to and they like they're fulfilled by that And that's how they get their needs met is taking care of your needs. Like, I never put that together that that's also why those professions are really burning out. And I feel like women are hopefully more empowered now than ever. And so I feel like, oh, did you see that Psychology Today article that said there's like a rise of sad, single, lonely men in their 40s? Because women are like, oh, we don't have to settle for your shit anymore, (laughs)
0: I have not but I feel like I heard about it maybe you even told me about it but I I love that I love that we're growing every single day and finding our worth like yes I love that like we don't have to put up with that and I think that's so incredible and I think that that's why we're also seeing so many shortages in teaching and nursing is because women are like actually I'm not going to put up with this like this is I don't know how many people that personally know me are going to listen to this podcast um but you know if you're a close enough friend you do know I did quit teaching this last year. Um, I finished out the school year, but I did decide not to go back with, you know, this upcoming school year. And I think that was a great decision for me, but,
2: um,
0: it was definitely hard because a lot of people looked at me and they were like, well, what about the kids? You know, you have to help with the kids. And I was just like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love, I would love to work with kids again, but I also had to say the expectations that were put on me with the amount of, you know, or really the lack of support, the lack of pay, hey, the lack of healthy boundaries was not worth compromising. My mental health was not worth compromising, you know, the boundaries that I needed to put in place to be a sustainable member of society. Yeah. And people don't look at that with, you know, male-dominated professions. You don't hear of men massively leaving, you know, professions because they're not being treated adequately. And that's literally why we're going through this national crisis of nursing and teaching is because we're not treating women how they should be treated. We're treating women like they're disposable. And like, it's like, Mm. what can you offer me? And not how can we, you know, create a healthy environment, which is so sad,
1: you know? Yeah, that's so true. Cool. I love that connection that you made. How has it been for you? I mean, I know, but like, how has it been for you as you left? Oh, before that, I wanted to say, It's so messed up that people put that on you as if like you as like you need, you're abandoning the kids, not that the system was unsustainable for you to work in, which means that they are not adequately supporting the kids. It's like your, your fault as a woman, and as a caregiver for not like giving more, even though they burned you out, you know? Oh, yeah.
0: Absolutely. And I think this teaching, that literally is how they, they treat it. They're like, well, you could be doing more. And I'm like, but you're not giving me the support and the resources that I need to be able to help these kids. And I think for me, it was always about children. It was always about child advocacy. And whenever I did advocate for my children, I was always met with either resistance or honestly, just irritability from people in power where it was just like, well we realize that we kind of put this overall message out there of we want to help children, but really in reality for them, it is inconvenient to help children. And I get it in a sense of we are so underfunded, we are so understaffed and under you know, represented and resourced. I get that, but that doesn't mean that we can just sweep these kids under the rug. I mean, it is not an okay thing to do. And when you go in there and you question that and you shake it up, they do not like you. (laughs) And I feel like that was also a big problem is like, if you refuse to kind of accommodate the, you know, systems that they have in place that aren't beneficial for children, they're just kind of like, "Eh, I don't know if you're going to jive here, because we kind of just want someone who will do what we expect them to and not, you know, not complain, not rock the boat. And, you know, that's fine, except you're dealing with, Actual human children who deserve so much better. And yeah. I think for me, I was like, I can't be a part of a system like this. I think morally was also something mm-hmm. I had to deal with myself was like, do I want to be a part of this where I know that not only is it unsustainable for myself, but it's just unfair to the kids? And I'm sure people might hear this and they might think, well, you know, you could have made a bigger difference staying and doing that. And, you know, For myself. I, you know, chose myself in that moment, but I also did choose kids because I can, you know, advocate for children in many different ways. And having my history as an educator does allow me to be in spaces such as this one, where I get to, you know, tell the truth and the reality of the situation without having a contract over my head. Um, And that's something that I didn't get to do. (laughs) I didn't get to come out and say, Exactly how horrible it is because I was like, "Eh," you know, kind of want to pay my rent this month because (laughs) I don't want to be fired. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. But I'm glad I made the decision. And I don't think that that was the end of my journey with children, with child advocacy, especially in education. I just think I decided to go a different route. And I'm not sure what specifically that looks like yet, but it's not me giving up on children. It's not me not advocating for children. It's simply me deciding. That I can be better suited advocating for children in a different capacity that does not make me almost feel like an accomplice to mm-hmm. you know children not getting the education that they deserve.
1: Yeah and it's also you're being such a role model for young people to see like a fellow young woman saying no, I deserve to be treated better. And so do these children. And so I'm going to treat myself like I'm going to advocate for myself. When that doesn't work, I'm going to find someone and someplace that does value me and honor me because I love myself and I value myself. And I think that's teaching children and people so much.
0: Oh, thank you so kind yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna play this part of the podcast on loop while I sleep and just like, it's, like positive affirmations <laughs> you're like can I have that can I have the audio file yeah just like put, like, uh, put some brown noise on the background of that I'm out <laughs> yes I should
1: <laughs> that's your Christmas gift
0: I honestly I would love that just like <laughs> yeah. the old the olden days tapes were the olden days it's really not but like the cassette tapes of just like i am a happy tree like i, yeah.
1: I still listen to those but on um, i listen to affirmation pod and i feel like that's kind of what it is it's like i'm doing the best i can i'm like i am doing the best i can <laughs> i honestly
0: right. think we should, we should do more of that i actually really like that a lot i, know.
1: I love yeah. affirmation pod she's so good
0: that's so amazing. I love that. As a words of affirmation girly, I'm surprised I don't do that more because yeah, it sounds pretty good.
1: I know. Um, so yeah, so you changed careers and you are also getting into social media or you've been doing social media management for a while, but you're like pursuing it more and more. How has that been for you?
0: It's been really great. I've been involved in social media management for about, oh gosh, maybe like eight years now, I want to say. Like it's oh, that started- long? Yeah. It started oh. in high school. It started in high school. Um, yeah. I was just like, oh, I think this club that I'm in would benefit from like social media because really? announcing things on the morning announcements doesn't work when half the kids show up late. You know, I think we need an Instagram yeah. and it just really took off from there. And I, um, I'm such a fangirl. I'm a big fangirl of like Taylor Swift and Harry Styles. And, you know, One Direction when that was happening. And so I was constantly on social media anyway. And so that passion has always been there, but I found a way to make it a career in a sense. Um, So that's not what I'm doing full time. I would love to do that eventually. Um, But yeah, I am. I do um, social media marketing for different companies. I'm um, I can be independently contracted, but I'm also an employee of a publicist company based out of Philadelphia, which is crazy because clearly we are in New Mexico. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's really so that's really cool. I really love the opportunities and the doors that it's opened. And I honestly, I love it. I I really do. It's something that I can do for hours and I'm like, man, that was really hard and really tedious, but I'm so in love with what I'm doing.
1: That's going on. Yeah. Now? What do you like about it specifically?
0: Um, The first thing that pops to mind is it really pleases my perfectionism, if I'm being honest, which of course, (gasps) I, you know, I'm one of those, I'm one of those people who does, you know, have some perfectionist tendencies and, you know, we're all growing in our, in that. And, you know, I'm definitely not allowing myself to find perfectionism in every single area of my life. Like maybe I once did, and that's something, you know, we work on in therapy plug for therapy we should all be in
1: it this episode is sponsored Um, by therapy (laughs)
0: yeah it's like everyone shout out to our therapists um I know they won't listen to this but um (laughs) if they do hi um but I think that it's really pleasing for perfectionism because I can really just sit there and spend hours on something which maybe I shouldn't sometimes but I can spend hours (laughs) on it and I'm like wow I'm so pleased with this outcome but I also really love um, just seeing the cohesiveness of it all and seeing a client satisfied with the image that they wanted for their brand to be brought to life in a way that they were unable to do because oh, they don't cool. have those skills and I think that's really exciting it's because there are people who are like I have this great idea I have this great event but I don't know the first thing about marketing and when they do it's sometimes not always the best. It has like clip art. I didn't know clip art was still in season, (laughs) but it is for some people. And so sometimes I'm I'm like, oh, clip art. Are you like, you know, tied to that? Or can I just like cut it out? (laughs) So, you know, it's really fun getting to play with it. It really lets me be creative in a very, um, you know, way that really pleases my eye. And I think each person Mm. is different and it's never the same. I get to challenge myself, but I also get to work with um, you know a variety of people you make those connections I mean ugh, I just mm. love it for so many different reasons but it's just fun and I think it allows me to be creative and I'm such a crafty person so
1: uh, oh, I love that do you use Canva I do I love Canva <sighs> I love Canva do you have pro or do you have the free one I do have pro it's worth it <laughs> So worth i it. hate i hate that it's worth it because i don't want to pay for anything this episode is I, sponsored
0: <laughs> i know <laughs> canva thank you canva. That'd be awesome <laughs> for a year of pro um no i actually have canva um canva is free for educators so that's nice my gosh that's amazing really nice once they find out i'm not an educator then i'm gonna have to be sad um no well i'm actually i am like i said i am an employee of that publicist company so i also do get canva paid for whenever canva figures out that i'm not an educator anymore canva hope you're not listening um
1: (laughs) canva the person is like "Mm."
0: (laughs) (laughs) they're like i'm so glad you mentioned me i've come to revoke the privileges i know
1: they're all knowing honestly
0: gosh i love canva pro honestly like because sometimes you just don't have time. Like sometimes a client will come to you and they're like, I need this posted by noon. And you're like, bestie, it is 11. And I'm at my eight to five. What do you mean? Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes know. canvas is nice. It definitely jives inspiration. So I that's I, I mean. love it. I love it so much. I feel like canvas is a secret. It's like, if you know about it, you know about it. But if you don't, people are like, wow, you came up with this by yourself. You're like, yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> I know. I Someone actually said that I made, um, Marcos's friends got him Post Malone tickets for his birthday, and they told me to print it out, and I was like, "Oh, I'll make it cute," um, which that's like a really nice gift, by the way. I like, know tickets to a concert, um, but I like made a little ticket on Canva, and they were like, "Oh my God, you're so good at graphic design!" And I
0: was like, mm-hmm, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah." I feel like there's jobs out there where people just like don't know that there's applications to help, and it's like. You can use canva and totally use their templates or you can just be inspired by them like nine times out of 10 i'm inspired by them where i'm like ooh Okay, I just adjust this a little bit. switch some colors add some extra things like it becomes my own very quickly, but it doesn't have to and people don't realize that they're like wow you're so great at graphic design you're like yeah. I am because they don't know they don't know that canva exists and it's beautiful. I know.
1: Sometimes I'll recognize other people's designs. And I'm like, I bet they use Canva.
0: <laughs> no, you're so right. Yeah.
1: Yay. But so um just wondering, are you taking clients?
0: <laughs> I am taking clients. I definitely am. I'm like, just because I have an eight to five doesn't mean anything. Um no, I definitely do take clients. Um I do have a website, um, which I think we're gonna plug somewhere. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if it's yeah. going to be the description or what it is, but I do have yeah. a website. Um, So, you know, if anybody wants to see my, my work that I'm either currently working on stuff that I worked on in high school, which, you know, doesn't represent who I am now. I'm just going to say, like, <laughs> you know, we, yeah. all, we all grow and we all discover Canva and things get better. Yeah. Um, No, but maybe I shouldn't have talked about Canva so much. Cause they're going to be like, why would I pay her for, <laughs> but you know, social media management yeah. is great. You know, you, it, yeah, becomes, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, yeah. Photographer, you create things, you create captions, you engage, you yeah. reach out to people. You know, it's so much more than just creating a post that says, hey, this is my company, you know, this is my event. It's so much more than that. Um, and so yeah, I'm definitely taking clients. So I think my email and all my information, if people want to, you know, just have a consultation with me, like that is something that they can set up on my website. So yeah.
1: Yay! And you've helped me with my social media too.
0: Have I? <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah.
1: You cool. told me what I was doing wrong.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay. Wait. We should. We should tell them that you asked. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it definitely is not something where I was just like I just text people about what's wrong with their yeah and attempts to take it over. It's not that honestly yeah. though. A I have to with though. some of my guy friends though. Like they'll bring up their social Ooh. media. And I'm just like, can I tell you something? I think you're, I, I don't, like your social media needs some work. And it's not because it's bad. It's because it's like, bro, you you have like five posts and they're all from high school. You're 24. Like <laughs> yeah. you're single. How are girls supposed to, like, bro, this is why you're single. Nobody's looking at your Instagram like, hey. So, yeah. Which is so not the kind of services that I offer. <laughs> <Yeah>. I don't <laughs> offer to like make over your... <laughs> like you you're should in- but I totally could honestly like there's a market for men in their 20s and the <laughs> lack of Instagram content like honestly I could make a profit so if you're all man, ages all ages really all ages all genders all orientations okay I will yes. help you if you want yes. um, not just a business thing I guess I've never thought about that I've always said that as a joke or like you know if someone were to come to me and be like hey how does this look on the feed what caption should I put help me make this or you know in terms of you like what am I doing wrong (laughs) but like you really could do more of like a personal like I know you should do dating apps dating apps oh my gosh I actually helped one of our mutual friends with a dating app the one that we just hung out with Uh, I helped her with her dating app and she got so many likes that she had to literally pause her account because she was getting like a stupid amount of likes I think it was like 50 a day for like a week like it was stupid oh my gosh I don't even know there were that many men in this city <laughs> and, like, we're like they're looking at each other like oh you know which one we just I
1: know who it is now
0: them. yeah we just saw them yeah,
1: yeah. So, I chatted Cheyenne <laughs> she, was, yeah, like, she was like
0: is it this person but I forgot twit.
1: I saw you more recently you than that. the chat
0: and it's embarrassing. <laughs>
1: just... <laughs> She's like, no, it's not me. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your biggest red flag that you've ever seen on a dating app? or like, what are your like top red flags on a dating app?
0: Oh, my top red flags. Oh, uh, I could make a joke and I don't think I should. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, maybe I could tell you the joke later. Okay. <laughs> but, um, I'm like, it's not, it's not like bad or anything. It's just like, maybe I shouldn't say that. Um, my top red flags, I don't know. I don't like when, um, it's not even a red flag. I just don't like when men have like five different pictures and they look different in every single picture. Like their beard oh, yeah. is different. Their hair color is different. Their haircut is different. I'm like, what do you look like? I don't understand. These are like five different men. Um, yeah. But I don't like when they hmm. say things like, I just want a girl who can, I can just come home. And she like has a meal cooked. And Ew. that like, you would not believe like, I believe like, it <laughs> if, if it's fine I mean like it's fine if like you know you're like a married couple and you've had that discussion of like I will come home and there will be dinner on the table like whatever to each their own okay but <laughs> to put that in a dating profile where it's like you're expecting to basically be taken care of like your mom probably takes care of you right now yeah. <laughs> it's
1: yeah. So interesting. the mom-to-wife
0: pipeline <laughs> the mom-to-wife pipeline is so real um I think oh I just thought of another joke I probably shouldn't say (laughs) I'm like if this is just me and Santa I don't like but it's not so (laughs) so, I feel like with red flags like it just depends on the person I feel like it's less red flags and more like is this person giving me the ick
1: (laughs) uh yes the ick
0: (laughs) yeah the ick I'm just like ooh, this is not looking good it's more so just like preferences like I just feel like I have a lot of Maybe not a lot, but I feel like I have preferences where I'm like, oh, like I couldn't date someone who has a cat because I'm pretty, I'm very, oh, allergic. you know, like if yeah. someone's like, oh, I perf- like my idea of a fun time is going out to a brewery and like having a couple of drinks, like after work every weekend, like that's cool. That's great. I really don't drink, so like we just wouldn't work. You know, there's just things like that where I feel like, yeah, hard, you know?
1: Yeah. I'm on Bumble BFF. And I and it's like reminding me of being on dating apps, um, but a lot of girls are like, "I just want to go to the club," and I'm like, "Well, we probably wouldn't get along."
0: Yeah, right. Like people like, which is so fine, to each their own. But yeah, it, it is, is fine. fine. As an introvert, or just like as someone who, like me, just as a Christian, like there's just so many things where you're like you, like, that's fine. I'm so glad that you're, like, open and honest with yourself and your personality. Just sadly, like, there's just a lot of people I just know I wouldn't jive with. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, drinking at a party at your cousin's frat brother's house does not sound fun for me. Like, that's a red flag if you're, if you're in a frat. I'll say that. Maybe I should (laughs) say it.
1: (laughs) It's true.
0: (laughs) I I had that experience, and that's on me I guess but I'm gonna say it anyway
1: no it's on them
0: <laughs> yeah, you're so right It's on
1: them. Honestly, I do No, no, what happened but it's on them
0: <laughs> I know I wish I could see like other women's dating profiles I don't have one but like oh I wish I could see other women's because I'm like I feel like I rarely find a good man's dating like a good dating profile you know like for a man yeah. I'm just like wow this is really wholesome you got some good pictures I feel like men make dating profiles for their friends because like they just have Ooh. some of the weirdest pictures like I'm like why do I want to a beer when you're half naked with a cowboy hat on your head like I don't that's not attractive to me I don't know if it's attractive to any girl like some of these photos I'm like there are definitely dudes who are like yeah bro like that looks great like you look so sick right now like love that it's not doing it for me buddy like I'm sorry like I book know. a consultation with me I'll help you out yeah.
1: like- <laughs> I know I when I was using dating apps I really just had it to the women only setting because I think I would see the men and be like oh my god and I can't think of any red flags for them for the women's it's always yeah. like
0: cutie sweetie
1: it's like they have a cat <laughs> they have a dog they want to go hiking oh 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 red flag for a man though. If he says he wants to go hiking on a first date.
0: Ooh, yeah.
1: I'm like, you're going to murder me for sure in the mountains.
0: No, that's so true. And I think men, and especially in New Mexico, where we have a lot of beautiful hikes, men love that idea, but men don't think how we think men don't acknowledge that. Like, it's very likely for us to get murdered, even if that's not their (laughs) intent, which is so great, but they don't think like, Oh, I'm kind of coming off creepy by asking you. On a hike, like they might mean it very wholesomely, of just like let's go out and enjoy nature and have and like talk. That's great, but I don't want to get murdered and I can't take a chance on you, so pick something else. I,
1: I know. I also like, even if there was no murder on the table, <laughs>
0: <laughs> just a hike in general, <laughs> yeah. Good. That's that's like one of my preferences where it's like bro, no like murdering. outside. Well, no murdering. Yeah, that too. Like preferably no murdering, um or any murderous thoughts towards women in general. <laughs> yeah. But there are men who are like, oh, like, I just want someone who like is super outdoorsy. And I'm like, that's so great for you. I'm allergic to like most of the plants in New Mexico and I have asthma. Like it is not going to work with us. I'm so sorry.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. But like you'd be sweaty and exerting yourself physically in like a really unattractive way on a first date. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Thank
0: you. No. And imagine cute? Like, you're off your makeup. You're just like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> yeah. Having such a great time. What if you have to pee? Do you pee like
1: oh in the on your first
0: date?
1: You- yeah. Whilst no. being worried about being murdered? <laughs> like, no.
0: Absolutely. Oh my god.
1: Yeah. No. So men, I don't men really don't listen <laughs> to
0: this Or in no, general. That's just, they that's don't just the listen. End of the men just don't listen. <laughs> I just don't listen. I just don't listen. Honestly, if there's a man that (laughs) is listening to this podcast, I applaud you. And are you single? No. (laughs) I know
1: one and he's not single, but he's so nice. He reached out to me um when Roe v. Wade got overturned and he asked how I was feeling as a woman because he wanted to better understand.
0: Oh wow. I was like,
1: that's so thoughtful.
0: Wow, oh, that is. I'm actually kind of shocked.
1: I was like, "Well, I'll tell." You, because at first, I was like, "Why are you asking?" Yeah. And he was like, well, "I just want to understand more what the ladies in my life are thinking." And I was like,
2: oh, "That's
0: very wholesome." The ladies in your life are so lucky. <laughs> no, seriously, I was like, "That's so wholesome." I was like, "I can't think of." Yeah, I don't even know if I know a man that would think to do that. I don't either. (laughs) Which is pretty sad. Which is pretty sad. I feel like a lot of conversations, like I do have, I do have guy friends and I feel like some conversations in the past couple months, I've like said things where I'm just like, like I make like a, like an accusation where I'm just like, are you going to say anything? You know? I'm like, yeah, "Yeah." I'm like, yeah, "Yeah." you know, just like women get to, um, you know, make decisions about, you know, whatever they want. Right. Like, right. (laughs) Right. Right, like I've I've definitely done that. Like I'm not lying. I was definitely like so. Like if laws like don't affect you, do you still care about them? Like you know, being overturned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just gross. I don't know what I'm mentioning. Just in
1: general. Yeah.
0: Just in general, like not having to do with like any of the horrific current events that are happening. Um,
1: I know. It's been so hard.
0: I know. But we got to get out and vote, which is yeah, a huge thing soon. Soon, yeah. I mean, November is right around the corner. Early yeah. voting will start in late October, I believe, for New Mexico. That's in like a couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, it'd be so. This fun. Comes out. You don't have. You don't have to do this. I know. A couple of weeks. Oh, you're so right. That would be in a couple of weeks. Wow, that's so. No, we're time traveling. We're time traveling. This is crazy. What, you, what would be fun? Oh, it would be fun if you did like what you don't have to, but just as like a <laughs> social media manager. Um, it'd be fun if like what if you did like a like a little giveaway. Of, like, people, like, proving that they were, like, registered to vote. A voting gimmick, Or even if they sent, like, a picture of them with, like, an I voted sticker. Oh, my God. That's so cute. I kind of love that idea.
1: I love that idea, too. I'd be interested um, whenever I post something a little bit political, my follower count, like, goes boom.
0: (laughs) I'm like, okay, good. Bye. (laughs) No, literally. I don't know why people get so weird about talking about politics i'm like oh is it no. because like you don't like it you don't like talking about it because it doesn't really affect you so when people bring it up it kind of makes you uncomfortable because you're not used yeah. to having to acknowledge that people kind of have to you know live with the consequences of these laws yeah, like, yeah. i'm also
1: like what part of me made you think <laughs> that this wasn't the way i thought <laughs> about like like are you really surprised like have you been listening or watching
0: (laughs) that's so true honestly because I feel like you're a very transparent person and I feel like it would be shocking if people like I can't believe that Samantha said this it's like are you shocked like this it's interesting I feel like I get that a lot because I'm a Christian like people assume a lot about
1: people
0: but I'm also like "Mm," I don't know I can't like for me I'm like yeah I'm a Christian but also like I don't know I believe in like human rights a wild concept, you know, know kind of like Jesus did I don't know just crazy yes. you know yes. very interesting especially being like a biracial woman I'm like yeah did you really not expect me to kind of like have something to say when it came to activism okay I know
1: <clears throat> I feel that way when people they'll assume I'm straight a lot and then say things like offensive and I'm like well, that was a bold choice. <laughs> like, like yeah, you didn't know that.
0: Like they say things to you and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, do they say things to you where they're like, we expect you to like have the same opinion as me or like they expect it to be a safe space for them to say this really absurd thing? Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm like, I don't know when I ever <laughs> made you feel like I would be a safe space for that.
0: Yeah. Right. It's almost offensive. Like, you're like, I can't believe you thought I was that kind of person. I know.
1: I know. <laughs> I know yeah. it makes, yeah, feel- yeah it's so yeah. weird. Uh, I recently, someone it. was like, <clears throat> "makes me uncomfortable to think of women dating other women." And I was like, "Well, <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> like uh, I think no. I'll just stay quiet."
0: <laughs> like I have some news for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, seriously, like it's so interesting. Like I've definitely, I remember in like mid I think it was like summer 2020 when like we had a huge Black Lives Matter mm. movement um which mm. was hard well it is thundering here so I just want to say god forbid my something gets knocked out knock on wood I just want to let you know um okay but <laughs> like just in case we have to like pick this up later um <laughs> yeah. I remember in summer 2020 um that you know I dealt with a lot of people in my life, I guess, saying things as if they didn't affect me. And some people are aware that um, I struggle um, with, you know, my identity as a biracial woman. Um, mm. and some people are aware that I'm, you know, part Black, and some people are just like, oh, you're just fully Hispanic. I'm like, well, I am Hispanic, but I'm also Black. And I think there are people mm. who, regardless whether they knew I was Black or not, they felt comfortable saying these really absurd things to me hmm. and I was just like why did you think this was okay like either one you thought it was okay to say when there wasn't someone who was black in the room Ooh, um, or, yeah or what felt like almost worse was that you did know that I you know was black and you still felt comfortable to say this to me I mean just say it reg- I mean just say it regardless it's like oh like well I guess yeah. in a way, at least you're being upfront about your internalized racism. <laughs> like, it's just interesting.
1: Yeah. I didn't know that people were saying things to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah.
0: Was, it, it was just interesting. Like, I had a lot of people just say things like, oh, like the Black Lives Matter movement is just about violence and like, you know, racism really isn't a thing now. And they just said that really- to you yeah and just really invalidating the entire black lives matter movement and like with any with anything you're going to have extremists and i get that just because you support the cause doesn't mean you support everything um that ends up happening in lieu of that cause but regardless that's not a thing that you can just say to people is just like oh i don't agree with black lives matter i literally have had people tell me like no like black like black lives like it is not black lives matter. It's all lives matter. That's that really grinded my gears. I would like, listen, bestie, I think you're confused. And I had to like break down what black lives matter actually meant. And even yeah. then it was just like a concept that they were just unable to grasp. They were just like, no, it's just like all lives matter. And I'm like, well, we're trying, but that's really not how things are looking right now. Yeah, But you know, it's not like, like when we did the whole um i think it was stop asian hate that happened
2: mm.
0: i don't know if it was a couple months later or like a year later nobody mm. started a hashtag that said stop all hate mm. yeah. it was like, stop asian hate which i'm not i'm not against absolutely stop asian hate like, yeah, I, yeah 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 but it's really interesting how people pick black people to go after it's not black lives matter mm. it's all lives matter but when it was something else it's yeah like it's always when it comes to, you know, black Americans, which, you know, not saying that we're the most oppressed, obviously, any person of color in this country, or just in this world are oppressed. But it's just really interesting that things turned out that way. And that there were just a lot of people who almost wanted my validation and just being like, Oh, like, this is just unacceptable. And, you know, just people are just trying to make something out of nothing. And you know I'm like no I think you need to accept the reality of what the situation is which is this country has grown a lot but it's nowhere where we should be and just because just because we're not necessarily in slavery times anymore and really there's modern day slavery let's be real but even though we're not in like shackled chains picking cotton does not mean that we are in a society where things are great and I think people want don't want to believe that because the society that they live in benefits them as usually cis white people.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, definitely.
0: How many people did you have to have that conversation with? A good handful for sure, um, which was harmful because I feel like that handful was people that knew me really well. Um, but I feel like I put a lot out there, like I shared a lot of stuff on Instagram. I had a lot of conversations into the void. Um, but there are definitely yeah. like close, close friends that I had to have conversations with because they just didn't get it. And at the end of the day, I didn't expect them to get it because, you know, if they're not a person who was black in that moment. They, yeah. You know, they, they weren't going to get it as deeply as I was going to get it. Even my family members who are, you know, the mm. Hispanic side of my family, they didn't fully understand the pain um, that I was coping with. At the time, yeah, um, and it's just it, you have you have to have a lot of conversations. And I've grown up this way my entire life of having to have conversations with my Hispanic side of the family or with people when they find out I'm biracial. And mm. you know, I've grown up this way, but it was a lot all at once. And in the midst of yeah. a pandemic just starting, it was a lot yeah, I couldn't see my therapist. It was a mess.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't think about that piece too. How has it been? Cause I know like when 2020 came or, or 2021 came around, people were like, oh, it's all good. I think, like, I think we did it.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Like how is the grief process for you now that it's still something that happens but not something that's like talked about really?
0: Yeah. Um, I think I had to set a lot of firm boundaries with myself. Um, I had mm-hmm. to be really- With yourself? About- with myself. I couldn't, mm. I was like, Cheyenne, you cannot um, mass consume media when horrible things yeah. happen. You can't hold yourself responsible for educating your following, which my following is not huge or anything, but like my local following, my friends, my family, that's yeah. not my place to educate them. Like if I want to, and I feel comfortable in that space, then I can educate them, but I don't have to. Um, that's yeah. not- my place, like people are able to do that research and that self-work themselves, um, that it's not up to me to educate them if they even ask, you know, mm. um, so yeah. I just, I have a lot of boundaries with myself, which was not easy, and, um, you know, I also had to know when it was time to take breaks from social media, because I think for a for a long time there, gosh, we, it was just like one thing after another. And I know that injustices yeah. did not stop, but it was like yeah. national headlines, like just one after another. And it was horrible and it was so awful. And I know many people, um, many people of color took a lot of breaks from social media because if it wasn't yeah. the black community, it was the Asian community. And, you know, it was one thing after another and it was just awful. And then yeah. dealing with mental health and it didn't help that I was also just in a career that I didn't love. (laughs) So on top of everything.
1: Yeah. You cut out a little bit. Um you cut out for like maybe oh it's okay. You cut out for like 20 seconds. Um you were saying it's one thing after another. Um and then I think you cut out just a little bit. And then it was it didn't help that I was in a job I didn't like.
0: Yeah. I mean it was just one thing after another in the sense of it was Just so many bad things happening with various people of color, different events, and that takes a big toll on you while you're dealing with, you know, a pandemic happening. You're trying to deal with personal things, and then, you know, like me, I was in a career that I didn't love, and Mm. so it was just on top of everything. You know, you're feeling like this country doesn't support you, and almost like when Roe v. Wade was overturned, like I think every woman was just kind of like, whoa, like, hold on,
2: because
0: Honestly, it starts with Roe v. Wade and it just tumbles into other things and that's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. So it continues to be terrifying, I should say, because this is terrifying.
1: Yeah, it's been terrifying. I think the terror for me definitely started in 2016, Um, but it felt like the last two years have been like, like you said, just one thing after another. And it's, it's, It's like the reaction from people that I find even more like disheartening. It's like not even that the horrible thing happened, which is of course horrible, but like people's justification of it or people's like, well, it was just this one or like, you know, the all lives matter or like finding some way to not address how horrible it was that like is even more disheartening to see on such a big
0: scale. Yeah, you're so right. Because you're right. It has been one thing after another in these past couple years. And yeah, when people invalidate, you know, the cause itself, but also just invalidate how you're feeling, like whether how you're feeling as a person of color, as a woman, or just whatever's going on in the world at that point, you having feelings about it, people act like you don't have a right to feeling mm. things because they're like well it doesn't affect you directly it's not like you know this happened to you mm. first and it's not like you know this is going to affect you in the moment and it's like that's not the point yeah <laughs> it's, it's very invalidating and maybe it's because they want to feel validated in their lack of care I don't know but it's yeah it's yeah. an awful place to be I feel like we've you're so right we've been in a rough several years and it really did yeah. start. in 2015.
1: Yeah. Sometimes I get hard on myself because I'm like, nothing's wrong. Like, why am I having such a hard time or why am I so fatigued or why am I so anxious? And it's like, fuck, <laughs> like we've been going through so much and it doesn't stop and it's not letting up. Um. So yeah, of course we're burnt out. And of course we're experiencing these things.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you're doing such a great job with using the platform that you've created, which is so exciting. Like seeing you start Empowered Spirituality from the ground up has been incredible. Um, and just seeing like the people you get to talk to, the, you know, experiences um, that you get to have with working with various people. is so exciting because you are building a platform where you're, you know, not only you know, using your platform for good, but you're also being able to like help people grow, you know, it's not just like, oh, I can just, you know, share like a fun little, hey, early voting starts here. Like you're also (laughs) giving people an opportunity to, you know, grow with their own health, whether it's mental health, body health, physical health, like, you know, whatever, you're allowing people a space where they can have affordable and, Um, you know, Hmm. firsthand personal help with these things, because it's not easy to learn how to put yourself first, especially in the generation that we're in, where we're almost like striving to be the best we can. And just we're striving to, you know, please people that really don't care if we get burnt out easily.
1: Ooh. Yeah. We're seeking the approval we'll never get.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my boss told me that today. She was like, I think "Oh, your needs a lot of affirmation," and she's like, "And I'm just not used to that." And I'm like, "Excuse okay. me, yeah, <laughs> fine. Okay. My boss, didn't this, which I doubt it. Like, it's fine, but like, yeah. she's right. But I think. I don't like there's nothing wrong with validating your employees but it's definitely something where yeah. they're not used to having to do that and like here comes our generation that's like I would like to be appreciated and not overran by work and micromanaged like I just don't want these things I want like a healthy work environment and yeah. they're coming off of the generation that is like I will literally pledge my allegiance to you any day of any moment of the day 24 hours seven days a week, you name it. Yeah. I'm like, and then they're running into our generation and they're just like, they're not like that. And I don't know how to work with them.
1: <laughs> I know they're setting standards for themselves and yeah. they're asking for what they need.
0: I know. It's <laughs> a little suspicious. I know it's like, um, yeah, I get told a lot of things about like our generation's work ethic, which like, don't get me wrong. Like each person is different, but I'm also like, yeah. Is our work ethic bad? Or are you just mad that we have boundaries? (laughs) Ah, I dropped my pencil. (laughs) I just dropped my pencil. Um, Um, I know
1: I had a a friend who they told her she was going to make a certain amount when she started working. And then they like didn't pay her that. And so every time she met with her boss, she was like, when am I going to get the money that I was promised? And they told her, that she needed to stop advocating for herself so much.
0: You're joking.
1: Yeah. No.
0: <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. But like, that's, I'm, I'm not surprised that they felt that way. But the fact that they said that is I know. a whole other level.
1: I think they said something like you would be liked more if you didn't advocate for yourself so much, which you'd never, ever, 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 ever say to a man.
0: Right. Never. never. You would never say that to a man.
1: He probably I mean, like, wouldn't need to advocate for himself.
0: <laughs> no, honestly, you're so right. They'd be like, we see that you've been working. We see the numbers and we're, we're pleased. Let's give you a raise. Huh. Like it wouldn't even be something. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think I've ever, like just listening to like, you know, the close friends that I have that are guys, like I don't think they've ever had to ask for a raise or like a promotion or anything like that. Like it was just always given to them. Better opportunities were always just handed to them, which is like, if hard workers, like that's cool, that's fine. But like you hardly ever hear that for women. Like you always have to advocate for it and you have to fight and you have to do research and you have to like come with like this huge stack of papers where you're like, every other company pays this position, this amount of money. But if I could just have like $500 more a year, I would be so satisfied, you know? And even then they could be like, no. And you're like, okay, (laughs) <laughs> okay thanks for the opportunity <laughs> yeah no seriously you'd like write an email and be like I'm so grateful that you met with me I know you denied yeah. me but I'm so grateful to be here like oh my God. <laughs> women, yeah. I am and I'm mad that we have to be yeah. the way that we are because we're so incredible like we should we should be yeah. the ones that promotional opportunities
1: I know and I'm thinking about the last job interview and I did email them like I am so appreciative that you deigned to give me the space, even though you eventually chose someone who's better than me, for sure. I have no doubt
0: (laughs) that they are amazing and I am scum. (laughs) Thank you you so much. That it's not you. (laughs) If you validate them in their decision to turn you down.
1: (laughs) Like, sir, that was a great choice. I do know that you know best. (laughs)
0: you're like I literally don't even know this person's last name and you're like you're so right though I am unworthy of this position
1: yeah yeah I've always known that I'm unworthy and I just want to thank you for reminding me of this important fact
0: (laughs) it's like the imposter syndrome just come full force Yeah. yeah oh my gosh that's hilarious that's kind of sad though I'm glad you're in the job that you're in though I hope they appreciate you
1: oh my gosh They really do. My boss is amazing. One time she said, I would like you to tell me where you don't feel comfortable at work. And I was like, okay, so that you can tell me what I'm not doing right, but that it'll be easier for me to handle. (laughs) Like that was my thought process. And I told her and I was like, but she was like, oh, interesting. Well, I think you're really good at those things, but we can work with that. And maybe we can just have you do less of that if you don't like it. And I was like, "Ah." where's where is the insult (laughs) like but that's kind of incredible I know I love that she's amazing okay so I'm thinking let me know what you think we've hit 55 minutes and we still have the article to review Mm -hmm. do you mind if I stop recording and then restart and this could be like a part two
0: yeah that'll be great
1: do you have enough time
0: yeah absolutely
1: okay so everyone this concludes part one of my chat with Cheyenne and stay tuned for next week for more
0: (laughs) thank you so much
1: bye